The Adam Crowley Show. Axon. Axe off. Axe off. Axe off. Axe off. Oh, no. Oh, it's on the nipple. Axe off. Axe off. Axe off. He went from the bottom. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Not quite Adam Crowley. But if you want to listen to him, you can probably find him, uh, Somewhere else on the dial. Filling in for Mark Madden today, Adam Crowley is. So, his show gets an upgrade. Rossi Radio in for the Crowley show today from 4 to 7. We are live and in Technicolor from the wonderful Carson City Saloon. Get down here. Doors open at 5. They have some great stuff going on tonight on a good Friday. So you can come down here from 5 to 7, get your $2 draft specials, and also $5 apps. So that's 5 to 7 here at the Carson City Saloon. Now, I would say if you're coming down to the Carson City Saloon, you might want to tweet to Le'Veon Bell and tell him you'd like to buy him a beer for $2 or an app for $5 because... Apparently, we've all done him dirty. All you people that purchased his jerseys, all you people that somehow, some way, made it through one of his rap singles, all you people who cheer for him, all you people that when you see him driving in a car filled with smoke, decide to pull out of the way. Sorry, that might have been a cheap shot. But I think we're to the point now where maybe cheap shots, maybe they're deserved for Lev Bell. Gotta be blunt, Lev. I don't think you're a stupid guy. I don't think you lack intelligence. I think you knew what you were doing when you called out the city in a very, very passive-aggressive way. Lev Bell... This is Rob Rossi speaking to you, and I'm going to speak a bit freely here because, quite frankly, I don't care if you stay or go. Pretty sure the Steelers have let more established running backs go than you. I mean, this is a team that told Franco Harris, bye. This is a team that didn't give in to Barry Foster. This is a team that took starting jobs away from guys like O. Jerome Bettis. Now you're one of the most gifted players the Steelers have ever employed. But son, this is Pittsburgh. And to be perfectly, perfectly clear, there are people in this town who have forgotten more about football than you will ever know. And the only person making you a villain, Lev Bell, is you. So you can get on your Twitter machine or whatever other social media platform you want. And you can talk about trying so hard to be a hero when the city wants to paint you a villain. You know what gets you hero status in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon? Suiting up for playoff games. Being a factor on a Pittsburgh Steelers team that goes to a Super Bowl. 
So until you do those things consistently, maybe shut up. You're making this personal, so now we have to. And I think I know where you're coming from, Lev Bell. I think you want out of here. I think you want the Steelers to rescind their offer right now so you can be a free agent. Or I think you want traded to someone that's going to pay you $17 million. And to be perfectly clear, Mr. Le'Veon Bell, I hope you get every dime you want. I really do. But you're not getting it here. You're not getting it from the team owned by the Roonies, the first family of professional football in these United States of America. And after all that you've done to be a detriment to your team because of suspensions or because of holdouts, you're going to have the audacity and the gall to go on your social media where you have a million-some followers and you're now going to tell Pittsburgh that you're being painted as the villain? Lev, you're not thought of highly enough to be anything. This time next year, you'll be but a memory. I promise. Rod Woodson is one of the greatest players in the history of the NFL. You know what the Steelers did to him? They moved on. You know what the Steelers told Troy Polamalu? You can play for us, or you can play for somebody else, but you're not playing for us with these concussions anymore. They go through coaches once every 15 to 20 years. They win a lot of football games, and they do things on their terms. And everybody they've ever wanted to keep Le'Veon Bell, every single player the Pittsburgh Steelers have wanted to keep, whom they have valued, they have kept. So if you don't have a long-term deal from them, that's not a Steelers problem. That's a you problem. Now, Le'Veon Bell, you can correct this. You can come out and apologize. But you're not going to do that because you're doubling down. And you keep moving the yardsticks, don't you? First it was you wanted to make the equivalent of a number one running back and a number two receiver. Forgetting the fact that actually the job of a running back is also to catch passes. Then you wanted guaranteed money. Then you didn't. Then you wanted $17 million a year. Now who knows what you want? A partridge, a pear tree, the Easter bunny to hide your basket in a different room every day? Maybe you want marijuana legalized recreationally in Pennsylvania. Maybe you want the number 23 that Joe Hayden just took back. Maybe you want Ben Roethlisberger's fourth board. I don't know. But I know this. Your act is tired. Your game isn't what it was. And there's a big part of me, and I think I speak for a lot of people in this town, that wishes the Steelers would just part ways with you right now. But I know this. They're not winning with you. And I know this too, Lev Bell. You ain't helping yourself. You are the best running back in football. And I don't think anybody, Le'Veon, I don't think anybody disputes that. But at the end of next year, you're going to be a 27-year-old running back who's carried the ball an awful lot, who's caught the ball an awful lot. And in the NFL, those letters stand 
for not for long for people with your workload. Yet still the Steelers are trying to do a longer-term deal with you. But that's not enough. Negotiating in good faith is not enough. My friend, you should take your Twitter account and burn the thing. Inject it with some terminal disease. Because it ain't helping you at all. And there's going to be a team next year that gives in to your demands. But you know what they're not going to be? A very good football team. And if you think it's just the Steelers that operate this way, go look at the good football teams. Because you know what the Minnesota Vikings did to their future Hall of Fame running back who was making a bunch of money? Bye-bye. You know what the New England Patriots do every time a running back wants to make more money? Bye-bye. Yet still, Le'Veon Bill, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, the flagship franchise of the Super Bowl era in the number one sport in this country, willing to, in good faith, negotiate with you a multi-year deal. And you can't shut up on social media long enough to just know your role and take the money. And now you're going to blame the city of Pittsburgh. Now look, Lev, I'm with you if you want to be fairly critical of the city. Lord knows I've been. I think we're a city of frontrunners more than a city of champions. I think the fact that the Pirates haven't sold out their home opener kind of shows you that maybe Pittsburgh isn't quite the great sports town everybody thinks. Maybe you have to win. But you know what the Steelers do, Liv? They win. They win a lot. But in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell, we will love you, we will cherish you, we will make you a hero. And we will darn sure make you immortal if you do what others have done, if you win a Super Bowl. And you haven't done that, Le'Veon Bell. I want you to ask Ben Roethlisberger, your teammate, Le'Veon Bell, how villainous these fans made him. I want you to ask Antonio Brown how villainous these fans made him. Ask Mike Tomlin what it's like every Monday morning when the Steelers lose, what it's like to be a villain. You've gotten off free, Lev. You've missed time because of drug suspensions. You sat out of training camp and came back unprepared to play at the highest level last year. I didn't hear anybody condemning you, Le'Veon Bell. And now you're mad because on Twitter they have something to say when you start all the engagement. Shut up. Nobody begrudges you the money you want. Nobody's made this personal. You have. Whoever's giving you advice, get them out of your life because they're giving you bad advice. Here's the reality of your situation, Le'Veon Bell. After next season, you're going to be closer to the end of your career than you are to the prime of your career. And you may get some really bad professional football franchise to give you a bunch of money. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to cut you as soon and as quickly as they see fit when you stop producing. At least in Pittsburgh, you would have some sort of legacy, some sort of appreciation from an educated football fan base. But no, 
You want to create enemies. You want to start wars. Maybe you should run for president because that's the way you're conducting yourself. Take to Twitter with your Twitter muscles, but don't really deliver. Sorry, Lev Bell. I'm not with you on this one. I was with you last year. I thought holding out made sense. I thought not signing that contract offer from the Steelers made sense. But I presumed Le'Veon Bell would come to his senses. I presumed that Le'Veon Bell wouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. So let me tell you what is and what isn't Le'Veon Bell. It is a privilege to be an all-time Steeler, and you have that rare opportunity, and you're blowing it. And the worst part is you realize you're blowing it. You don't care excuse me, that you're blowing it. You don't care at all. This doesn't matter to you. Yet you want to frame this now as though somehow, some way, the city of Pittsburgh, a city that has seen its NFL team win more games and more division titles and more playoff games than any other city in America since the NFL merger, you want to claim the people of that city who have essentially grown up and been ingratiated with a PhD level understanding of the National Football League at its peak, you want to take that city's citizens and somehow, some way, suggest they're making you the villain. Le'Veon Bell, you done gone mad. So let me tell you this. Here's how you get out of this. You don't go on Twitter. You call up Ed Bouchette or Mark Caboli or Joe Rutter or call the beat writers, Bob Pompieri, Albie Oxenreiter, Andrew Stockey, whoever you want. You get on Steelers.com. Heck, call in at 412-922-2874 right now. I'll give you a whole hour. But start by saying you're sorry. Don't say you were misunderstood. Don't say you people misinterpreted this. Say you're sorry. Pittsburgh has not made you a villain, Le'Veon Bell. You've done it to yourself. And you're the worst kind of villain. You're not a very interesting one. You're not the Joker. You're not Magneto. You're that guy in that movie nobody remembers. The one that starred Ben Affleck before he was Batman. Lev Bell, you might have gone a step too far. And seeing as how few steps you have remaining in your career at a high level, maybe you should step back and think about what you've done. Because you're starting to look like a jerk. And you can be a lot of things to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can be a lot of things to the Steeler Nation. But you can't be a jerk, Lev Bell. Just can't. They don't forgive that. And the joke's on you. You won't be a villain to then, Le'Veon Bell. These are the Pittsburgh Steelers. And to their fans... For all I can fault them for, I'll say this. They're not going to make you a villain. They're not going to care about you at all.
We got sponsorship. So I'm going to tell you right now about what it is. The free Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets is back. They want to give you a chance at free movie tickets. So text them now. Text B-U-R-G-E-R to A-T-O-M-1 for your chance to win. The Adam Tickets app where you can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions, all from your phone, and skip the lines. Again, text B-U-R-G-E-R to A-T-O-M-1. This is the free Movie Friday program with Adam Tickets. When we come back, the best NHL reporter on planet Earth, Chris Johnson, is my guest. This is the Adam Crowley Show. This is ESPN Pittsburgh. Welcome back. Again, the invitation exists. If he's around right now, Le'Veon Bell, please call in at 412-922-2874. I'll be glad to give you as much time as you want to apologize to the good people of Pittsburgh who you think are making you a villain. But, since I'm not anticipating that, I'm going to welcome to the Adam Crowley Show, which is Rossi Radio until 7 o'clock today, one of my best friends, but more importantly for your listening pleasure, the greatest hockey reporter on planet Earth, Chris Johnston of Sportsnet. You can follow him on the Twitter machine, at Reporter Chris. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Where do I send the check for that intro? I, I think you know the address, Chris, so you can just uh, send it there. Uh, I want to start with the hot topic debate in Pittsburgh right now, which is, which was the more impressive goal to your mind? The one Sidney Crosby scored against the Montreal Canadiens or the one he scored last night against the New Jersey Devil? I'm partial to the one last night, and uh, you know maybe just because of some of the stuff that led up to it and the, the jawing back and forth and, and you know the way he was able to you know not just bat it out of the air but uh, catch it off the, the, the post. I thought it was... Uh, you know, quite impressive. But you know, look, either is a sign of you know what we've known for a long time with Sidney Crosby that he's got special ability. There's not that many other guys around the league scoring goals uh, that look anything like those two. And uh, you know, I wouldn't rule him out uh, adding a third one to the the highlight <laughs> reel before the season's out. Chris, I tweeted about oh eight days ago that you could just if you if you knew Crosby at all, you could just kind of sense he was a he was a break away from getting on a goal tear and he got that one in Montreal or against Montreal and since then he's been on fire and it it's probably not a coincidence that he's picked up his offensive production as Evgeny Malkin has cooled off a bit and I bring that up because I don't know where the Penguins are as Stanley Cup contenders this year they certainly have a lot of tangible flaws I mean I could give you a handful of reasons why I don't think they'll win, but where do you stand on it? At the end of the day, they have Crosby and Malkin, and nobody else can match that or even come close, and how significant a factor that can be for a team trying to three-peat. Well, certainly, you know, I, I have them right in the, the top group of any conversation you know, I might have about the teams I, I see as the contenders to win again. You, you know, still Some do? of that is just based on, on you know, some of it's based candidly 
on their their track record and what they've done the last two years and the way they've found a way to get the job done. And, and I almost feel like until they get knocked off that perch, uh, I, I still have them among those teams. You know, I could say that I don't think there's any team in the Eastern Conference that would be excited about facing them in round one, even though, you know, based on the regular season alone, they're, they're not the most intimidating team. I mean, I think Boston has clearly uh, distanced itself in the Eastern Conference from the other teams in terms of, you know, the way they're playing right now and, and you know, really going back a couple months. Uh, but, you know, Pittsburgh, in, until until they lose the series, and it's been a long time since we've seen that, a long time in sporting terms anyway, uh, you know, I, I still think they're to be feared. You know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who've also had a really nice run here the last month, I know for a fact, do not want any part of the Penguins. And, you know, as it stands right now, I believe those teams are lined up to play. Chris Johnston, my guest here. I'm Rob Rossi in for Adam Crowley on the Adam Crowley Show here at ESPN Pittsburgh. You can follow Chris's work at sportsnet.ca. Follow him at Reporter Chris on the Twitter machine. Uh, Chris, the only team I think the Penguins cannot play right now in the first round is the Toronto Maple Leafs, a team in your neck of the woods. That's a shame because I think that'd be an outstanding series. But I'll be honest, the way... I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right now, and I'm, I don't hesitate to say this. It would not shock me if Toronto comes out of the East. With what you've seen of this Maple Leafs team, if, if you haven't watched them regularly, where are they better than people might realize? Well, I think the depth of their forwards you know, might get overlooked. They, they certainly don't have the equivalent of Crosby Malkin in their lineup at the, at the very top end. Although I think Austin Matthews, you know, his season this year he missed 20 games of injury, so that impacts where he's at. But I, you know, I do see him as an elite difference-making centerman. But you know, right through their lineup, they have a 30-goal score on each of their top three lines, uh, and even their fourth line is uh, spends a huge amount of time in the offensive zone. You know, two quick wingers on it right now, the way it's composed, and Thomas Buchanan, who they picked up at the trade deadline as, a, as the fourth line center. I, I think where Toronto's going to have success is in some ways a little bit. Uh, the way Pittsburgh has, and, and that they're going to try to overwhelm teams offensively. You know, it, it could be, uh, you know, to harken back from a couple years ago, the Penguins team, that they, they could get their own HPK uh, sort of situation going where, you know, their opponents are trying to shut down the Matthews line. And it's, it's you know, say, uh, you know, Nazem Kadri or James Van Reems, like that's making a difference for them lower down in the lineup. Uh, you know, that's that's the real strength of their group. They, they, they score among the best teams in the league. They can win games 5-4. You know, what we're going to have to learn about them, I think, as a playoff goal is can they uh, hold their nerve and tighten things up enough to win 2-1 when the playoff games tend to be tighter. And, and you know, until we see it from them, uh, I don't know that you can say for sure they can. I mean, certainly from a talent standpoint, they won't be giving up much in any series. Uh, but they have a goaltender in Frederick Anderson who who goes between unbeatable and uh, very beatable. Uh, you know, there's a, a pretty wide range in his performance level. Uh, depending, you know, what, what month you're in. Um, so there's, there's some question marks there. I mean, they're, they're sort of an intriguing team, even locally, you know, where there's excitement about them because people feel as though they're on the right direction in the big picture. You know, I don't feel think there's a lot of people here right now, honestly, Rob, in Toronto where I live, saying that this is a team that's going to come out of the East. Uh, you know, it's going to take them getting on a roll and, and, you know, pushing their boundaries further than we've seen this group do so in order to accomplish that. Chris Johnston, my guest here. Follow him at Reporter Chris on the Twitter machine. Chris, uh, there's a story about uh, in Canada, your home country, the researchers are studying whether a hockey game could increase your risk of having a heart attack. 
And I guess I would say I hope they're studying it in Tampa Bay because it looks like that team's got a cardiac event going on right now. That has not been a hockey team playing real well for going on two and a half months now. For a team that played so well at the beginning of the season, what is your impression of what has happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, I wonder if some of it, you know, quite honestly, I mean, they've had a few injury issues and things like that, but, you know, they were first in the Atlantic Division from October 18th until last night when they lost to Boston. And, you know, I just wonder if, if you know, some... You know, some bad habits were formed over that amount of time. I mean, uh, we know that the teams in this league, you know, really try to do what they can to, to peak at the right moment. You know, we saw Columbus win, what, 16 games in a row last year in December and January. By the time it got to the end of the season, they, they, they didn't have anything left. And, and, you know, they were pretty easy out for the Penguins in round one. You know, I wonder if Tampa's kind of in a similar spot where they, they had everything firing the way they, they liked it. You know, obviously, they, they made a the pretty big trade at the, at the deadline to bring in Ryan McDonough in uh, an attempt to, to solidify their back end. But, you know, they haven't found the right mix. And, and you know, probably, truthfully, their their biggest issue is uh, between the pipes, where Andre Vasilevsky, you know, midway through the season, was probably a runaway Vesna Trophy winner if you're voting in that moment. And, and since then, uh, his performance hasn't been anywhere near that. Uh, it certainly raised some eyebrows earlier this month when he told reporters he was feeling tired. And, you know, they're not a team that really has much of a backup uh, that, that you'd be comfortable playing, you know, if, if things go sideways for Vasilevsky. So, you know, that's that's all pretty troubling uh, just because they're a team to, you know, built to win the Stanley Cup now. You know, they lost a couple years ago in 2015. They, they went to Game 7 against the Penguins in 2016 at the Eastern Conference Final. They missed last year. I mean, uh, they're one of those teams that, that's getting pressure to uh, strike while they have a window, and, and it's clearly their window of contention. Uh, with the age of their best players, but you know, certainly if you go by recent form, you know I think there are some troubling trends there. And you know, as it stands now, it, it looks as though the Leafs and Lightning could meet around one. I think that that's a matchup fraught with peril for Tampa. Chris Johnson, my guest here. I'm Rob Rossi in for Adam Crowley on the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Chris, you mentioned the first round potential matchup between Tampa and Toronto, and I, I. I'm interested in that for this reason. You know, Tampa Bay, I think, has done so many things right. But if you go no postseason and then, you know, one and out in a year when you're thought to be a Stanley Cup contender, you know, you can have a really good coach, which Tampa does, a really good general manager, which Tampa does, and a really good core, which Tampa does. But doesn't there have to be some short sort of price paid if that happens? I think there could be. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Steve Eisenman, or I'm very sure Steve Eisenman, safe as a general manager, and I think he should be. Frankly, you know, whether right. they lose in round one or they go and win the Stanley Cup, I, you know, I think that he's done enough. Whether there should be confidence from the owner and him, but you know, there would be questions about the coaching staff then. And, and you know, I, I like John Cooper. I think he's an excellent coach. I don't think he'd be able to work long. Uh, you know, if and when he ever, you know, loses his job. Yeah, I mean, he's a great coach. I don't think anybody debates that. Is there, is there a structural problem there, though, with the, with the roster? You know, the defense is a, is a weakness. You know, I think that that, you know, beyond their, their top pair, I mean, Victor Hedman is, is one of the best defensemen in the league, but it's a pretty steep fall-off, you know, when when you look beyond him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they did make a trade last offseason, got, uh, you know, player in Mikhail Sergachev, for their blue line and only 19 years old. And then, you know, he's made his first steps. I think he's had some intriguing first steps, but he's not at a point where they have uh, a solid top six. And I think that that's probably the, the biggest hole. 
Uh, they have. I mean, look, they're scoring the most goals in the league. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, for half a season, they had, you know, what I deem to be the best goaltending in the league. Uh, so there's it, it not really a lot to quibble with there. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's sort of the way the Penguins went through that, that time where every year just something was off. They, they didn't win, even though they had fantastic regular seasons. And obviously they had great players, great players that have since added two more cups here in the last two years. And, you know, I think it's going to be a real challenge for Tampa if, if this is a short spring um, because the expectations are high as they should be. And, and you know, as it is right now, I mean, we're not that far from the end of the regular season. It's, it's what, eight, nine days of uh, games left, you know, before the real dance begins. And they are, they're not in a good spot. And, and you can see it uh, in their body language and their quotes and in their win-loss record in the last month here. Chris Johnston, my guest here on the Adam Crowley Show, ESPN Pittsburgh. Chris is a senior NHL reporter. Uh, often you can catch him on Hockey Night in Canada. If not, follow him on the Twitter machine at Reporter Chris. Uh, Chris, the West is as wide open as I can remember it. Uh, one team that I don't see a lot of people talking about, but man, when I look at who they've beaten this year and I look at some of the guys performing the way they have, I do wonder if we'd be talking more about the Minnesota Wild if their coach wasn't Bruce Boudreaux, who seems to be allergic to to stringing together playoff series wins in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And as much as I love that Winnipeg team, if that's the first-round matchup, that's a real tough draw for the Jets, is it not? It is. And, and, you know, I I think for Minnesota, they're one of those teams that just perpetually underperforms expectations. So, you know, maybe over time – there's been a little fatiguing there and in, 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 in giving them hype. I mean, it kind of reminds me of San Jose over the last 15 years. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, they did manage to get all the way to the Stanley Cup final and, and at least slay some demons and, and get past, the, you know, the first, second, third round. Uh, yeah, I think that's where the Wild are at. It's an interesting season for them. Their, their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, a former Penguins executive, doesn't have a contract beyond this year. Uh, so his, his, you know, his future is very much in doubt. It's a fairly old core, even, you know, given that Eric Stahl is one of the players uh, driving their success. And, you know, Miku Koivu, they get a lot of guys in their 30s. It's not uh, typically what we see now in the league, you know, where most teams that uh, have a revival are, are driven by 19, 20, 23-year-old players that, that, that turn things around. Uh, it is a tough draw for, for Minnesota, but I see Winnipeg. You know, really for me, I, I would be stunned, actually, if it's not Winnipeg or Nashville in the final. Uh, from the Western Conference this year, uh, the way it lines up is they would meet in the second round. Right. Uh, you know, kind of like we had Pittsburgh and Washington last year, kind of a similar scenario where you have two of the best teams in the league, and, and they're going to have to go through each other pretty early. Uh, but who knows? I, you know, it would be foolish, I think, especially in the first round, to dismiss the fact that the Jets could lose. I mean, that's a team, uh, an organization that hasn't won a playoff game. I mean, ever, full stop. Uh, you know, I only made the playoffs once since the, you know, Winnipeg got the team back, uh, in the move from Atlanta and, and they were swept in that series. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tall ask to get thrown into, you know, the playoff format and, and to be, you know, deemed or build up as a team that could win the whole thing. But, you know, I think that their, their depth of talent and really almost no weaknesses that I see in the Jets team, um, you know, puts them in a good position to go on a playoff run. And, I think Nashville is going to be awfully difficult to beat as well, and uh, that that lines up as one of the marquee series of the playoffs. You know, a likely Jets Predator second round series, uh, just because you know I think whatever team comes out of it has a great chance to win the Stanley Cup. 
Well, there might be some people in Vegas that beg to differ, but I'll tell you what, it would be a fascinating second-round series, and it would be nice to see one that didn't involve Pittsburgh and Washington that made us all bemoan this playoff format. All right, Chris, I know you're busy. I'll let you get to work. Uh, Happy Easter weekend to you. Uh, thanks for joining us. Chris Johnston, follow him at Reporter Chris. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I'm Rob Rossi. In for Adam, and we'll be back here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Woo-hoo. We are three outs from a bucko, two outs from a bucko victory. I, sh- I apologize. I'm not giving them an out. Uh, Pirates might open the season 1-0. A question I just asked everybody here at Carson City Saloon. By the way, stop down uh, shortly. We'll have our happy hour specials going on down here. $2 drafts, $5 appetizers from 5 to 7 p.m. here at the Carson City Saloon. And if you want to get in on the Adam Crowley Show, talk a little Le'Veon Bell, talk a little Pittsburgh Pirate Baseball, or uh, Pittsburgh Penguin Hockey, you can call in at 412-922-2874. What would your better odds be right now, Pittsburgh fans? If I told you at this very moment at approximately, or actually, 444 on the 30th of March, which would you give better odds? The Pirates winning 85 games or the Penguins reaching the Eastern Conference Final? I gotta be honest. I'd probably take the Pirates winning 85 games, and that's nothing against the Penguins so much as though I think everything would have to go right for the Pirates to win 85 games. I also think everything's going to have to go right for the Penguins to win a couple of rounds. Now They beat the New Jersey Devils last night in overtime, but again, Needed to score four goals to do it. You're not going to win a lot of playoff games needing to score four goals. And I know it's nice to say right now that the um, the it's nice to tell the Penguins right now that they are a team that can turn on the switch, flip the switch. Uh, I don't know that they can. I mean, even last night in that contest, I did not see a Pittsburgh Penguin team that... um, I don't know what the word... I want to choose this word carefully. I did not see a Pittsburgh Penguin team last night that showed a lot of consistency to its game still. And... To me, one of the problems the Penguins have right now is they're not very good away from the puck. And if you're not going to play well away from the puck, I don't know if you can win a lot of playoff series, even if you have Crosby and Malkin. Even if you have a goaltender like Matt Murray who's won the Stanley Cup twice, even if you have a Phil Kessel and a Chris Letang, you've got to be better away from the puck. And I think one of the things that happens is when you're a team that's won back-to-back, there's a natural human tendency to 
lack the sort of motivation that other teams have, lack the hunger other teams have. But there's also a natural human tendency to really play the right way until you need to. And the problem with that is you might find yourself in a position where you can't really channel it when... I think there's a thing where you have to really consider if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, is there a switch to flip? Because we're all presuming that when the playoffs come, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to have this mode that they can go into. I don't know that there is that mode. I think it's dangerous to think that just because we saw the Penguins win the Cup last year and the year before, that there's this mode to go to. And, and, and that's for this reason, everybody. Two years ago, the Penguins won the Stanley Cup largely by winning puck battles, winning puck races, overwhelming teams with speed, suffocating opposing defenses, and blitzkrieging opposing goalies. They were on top of you. They were tenacious. They used their speed as an oppressive force to put their skate blades on the throat of opponents, if you will. Last year... The Penguins were very much a rope-a-dope counterpunch team. They took a lot of blows, some body blows, some potential knockout blows, and they knew how to counter. They knew how to let a team punch itself out. They knew how to extend a round, so to speak. Get in there after the bell. They weren't trying to outpoint you. They were trying to drag that thing out so that they could hold on to figure out how to win. And when they had a big punch to throw... They could throw it. Look at the Ottawa series last year. Think about that series last year. Game five, a 2-2 series. Ottawa, through three of those four games, doing exactly what it wanted to do. Penguins come out on a Sunday afternoon in game five. Boom, they land their punch. Put Ottawa in a position where Ottawa has to win the final two games. It's going to be tough to win two games in a row from the Penguins when they were trying to go for that second Stanley Cup in a row. Think about the Nashville Predators last year. Again, a tight series. A series that Nashville probably should have been up 3-1 to in if Pecorine had not been able to come into Pittsburgh and look like a sieve. But, Game 5 in Pittsburgh. Boom! Penguins land their big punch. Force the Predators to have to win two in a row. Weren't going to do it. Think about the Washington game last year. The Washington series last year. Penguins go up 3-1 to one in that series. They land their heavy blows early. By the end of that series, the Capitals look like the better team. What did the Penguins have going for them? They had a goalie in a game seven that stood on his head. But again, the Penguins picked their spot. So everybody's saying the Penguins can flip this switch. I guess the question I would like to ask everybody here on the Adam Crowley Show, here on ESPN Pittsburgh... And please, call in 412-922-2874. The question I have to ask you, Penguin fans, is what, pray tell, is the switch that the Penguins are going to flip? Do they flip to the 2016 version of the Penguins? Are they built to win that way? 
that oppressive speed-skill combination where they're on top of you, where they're relentless, or are they going to flip the switch to the 2017 Penguins? That counterpunching team, selective team, winning with veteran savvy. And, by the way, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin being the two best scorers in the league during the postseason. Even with that last year, even without Chris Letang, they still needed excellent postseasons from Crosby and Malkin. So what is this switch you think the Penguins can flip? Because what I see is a Penguin team that at home looks at times unstoppable, on the road looks quite fallible, and no matter where it plays, is a team that is willing to trade chances. And I keep hearing Mike Sullivan say over and over again, when we play our style, when we play the right way, but they don't. And even last night, they were trading chances with the New Jersey Devils early in that game. A big game. An important game. And they were still trading chances. Still gave up the first goal. Now they answered. And I think the best we can hope for these Penguins is they become that counterpunch team. But they lack the depth they had. Even last year. And I just wonder, Penguin fans, are you hoping they can flip a switch? Or do you think they can flip a switch? Because I think you're wishfully thinking. If you're a Pirate fan, you might be wishfully thinking that they can hold on to this game in Detroit. It was 10-6. to It's now 10-8. to And a game that, uh, for an opener, looks like the spring training opener in terms of the defense and the pitching. Back to this Penguin thing, though. I guess the wild card in this comes down to maybe what it always comes down to. Are Sidney and Evgeny able to elevate this team? Sidney Crosby had 28 or 27 points last postseason. Evgeny Malkin had 28. They were the leading scorers by a big margin in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Either one could have been the MVP of that postseason. Sidney Crosby was. They were outstanding. They were great the year before. And in 2009, they were historic. And if you look at it, Crosby and Malkin have had the following types of postseasons in their career. They've either been pretty consistent in the postseason with what they do in the regular season when they're two of the top 12 points per game guys, or they've been even better. And when they've been even better than their all-time greatness, the Penguins have gone a long way to the 2008 Stanley Cup Final. To the championship in 2009, 2016, 2017. To the Eastern Conference Final in 2013. But what if they're just human? Is it possible that in their 13th and 12th years respectively, the Penguins still need Crosby and Malkin to be elite at an absurd level to get far in the playoffs? I don't mean that as a criticism of the way these Penguins are built. I'm just saying this Penguin team is not in the class overall of the team from last year or the year prior. 
And everything I hear is that when the playoffs come, they'll be ready. When the playoffs come, they'll flip that switch. Here's the problem with flipping a switch. Sometimes it, sometimes you get fried. Sometimes there's a surge and it shocks you. A lot of you are going to be shocked if the Penguins don't win a first-round playoff series this year. I'm not with you. Wouldn't shock me at all. 412-922-2874 is the number to call here at ESPN Pittsburgh. We're coming to you live from the Carson City Saloon. From 5 to 7 p.m. tonight, they got $2 drafts and $5 appetizers. So get on down here, watch the end of the baseball game and some baseball games we'll have on tonight. I'm Rob Rossi. This is the Adam Crowley Show. We'll be back.